Welcome to the Aquademia Podcast. I'm your host, Sean O'Loughlin. And I'm Justin Grant. I want to start off by saying a quick thank you for listening to Aquademia and to remind you that if you've enjoyed these first couple episodes, please remember to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, iTunes, or wherever you listen to quality podcasts. Also, make sure to rate and review us on iTunes to help spread the word. If you like what you hear, I guarantee there's more to come, and I promise you won't be disappointed. In this episode, you'll hear from a couple of our experts. Andrew Mallison. Thank you for the invitation to talk today. And Holly Froelich. I got into this because I love seafood, right? With that, it's time to get into it. Let's talk about seafood. Welcome to the Aquademia Podcast. Our diet is hurting the environment in myriad ways. I mean, we desperately need to eat more seafood. This is a pioneering industry with a whole lot of people who have really good ideas and a lot of experience and are unafraid. Aquademia is your go-to podcast for a fresh take on all things seafood. Okay, so today's topic is one that is controversial. We're going to hit a lot of topics on this show that could be controversial, but for some reason, this one is particularly polarizing, and it gets into science, politics, and conspiracy. And some people take offense to it, or feel like they're being blamed for it. But as much as people like to say it does, science doesn't lie. Tells the best truth it can with the evidence it comes up with. Otherwise, it wouldn't be science. Of course, as I'm sure you've already figured out, in this episode... We're talking about global climate change. The fact that some people think that climate change is a hoax is worthy of our discussion and could become a pretty heated conversation, but we're not a political podcast or a conspiracy theory podcast. We're a seafood podcast, and our mission is to increase the amount of safe, healthy, and sustainable seafood that's being consumed in the world. We support sustainability in every aspect of our life, and we support, or at least I support, the science that informs us in that regard. So we're going to focus on what is happening in the world as temperatures continue to rise, how this is impacting the food we eat, and what we need to do to help make it better. We spoke with Holly Froelich, who you might remember from our first episode. I'm a postdoctoral scholar at the National Center for Ecological Analysis and Synthesis, which is a mouthful, so you can just say NCs, which is part of the University of California, Santa Barbara. Holly literally wrote the paper on the connections between climate change and aquaculture. Seafood has most of the time been left off of that kind of proverbial table of how does that contribute or what is the potential to actually lower that impact. And so new research, some of mine, other colleagues of mine have been really diving in deep to understand what are the potential benefits from seafood production or limits, right? If we're looking at whether that's wild-based capture versus um, aquaculture, we can find those differences. So for instance, in the fisheries world, small pelagic species are usually easier to catch, which means that they have a lower overall impact in greenhouse gas emissions if it's uh, trawling versus long Holly made it clear to me that aquaculture is a total necessity if we want to keep a supply of safe, healthy water source proteins for our growing population. And then on the other side, we have aquaculture, which you can have very different uh, components or, or relative impact on the environment when we're talking about 
things that filter feed, obviously, oysters, uh, mussels, mollusks that don't have to require um, feed inputs, uh, or you can have system level comparisons of open systems versus closed systems have very different implications from a greenhouse gas perspective. So open, open pens, things like that, tend to have lower impact than closed systems because of the energy requirements and freshwater use. While fisheries are getting hit really hard by the effects of climate change, Key seafood species such as cod, sea bass, and other cold water species are starting to migrate to colder waters as the average ocean temperature rises. Climate change has had an impact on reproductive capacities, for example, of cod in the North Atlantic. It's had impacts on you know, how much fish you can catch in any one place at any one time as stocks have moved. And we've seen changes in the migration patterns of mackerel, for example. That uh, A year or two ago, there was a phenomenon where mackerel normally swims from the north of Norway across the north of Scotland in between Scotland and Iceland and then across to the top of Ireland. But uh, a year or two ago, for some reason, maybe because of changing climate and water temperatures, the mackerel swung a lot closer to Iceland. This is messing up common commercial fishing routes, causing issues regarding permits and laws as fishing areas are changing. And of course, the Iceland guys thought, fantastic, we've got mackerel within our zone, let's go and catch it. And the Norwegians and the Scots and the Irish were all saying, well, no, this is our mackerel. Of course, the mackerel didn't really understand any of that argument, and there was a bit of a bust up about who should catch this mackerel, just because it had chosen to go a different way to the way it normally swims. So those sort of things have caused some political problems. And it's adding a serious burden onto the lives of those who depend on wild fisheries to supply for their families. Fishing vessels, in addition to all other vehicles releasing CO2 into the atmosphere, are part of the cause for global climate change. The issue grows deeper when those fishing vessels, which are pumping out more greenhouse gases into the atmosphere, cannot catch their fish in their normal spots and are having to travel hundreds of miles further than they used to just to catch a normal haul or even less. Traveling more, releasing more greenhouse gases, and coming back with less fish. Some folks may think it's all a hoax, but come on, there's definitely something happening here. Yeah, I can definitely tell you my experience, which wouldn't necessarily translate to everybody's um, perception or interactions with either people they know or don't know or loved ones, because I, I also have a lot of family members who are more conservative, and I've worked very hard to have those conversations with them and convince them that A, climate change is real, and B, that the things that and changes that we're seeing now are primarily driven by humans. You've heard about this before. A lot. Climate change is causing the ice caps to slowly melt and sea levels to rise, wreaking havoc on the natural habitats surrounding them. Estimations by NASA now show that if sea levels continue to rise, huge portions of land around the world will be underwater in the next hundred years. Climate change is there, it's in front of us. We see more severe weather events than ever before. We should be doing our best to preserve our environment in any way, and carbon emissions is just one of the ways we should be trying to reduce our impact. Limiting where we can, but adapting as much as possible. Another big effect that climate change is having on our planet is something called ocean acidification. Much of the CO2 in the atmosphere is absorbed by our oceans, and such an increase of these gases into those waters have made our oceans more acidic. Plants and animals that live in our oceans rely on extremely specific water parameters to survive and are very sensitive to changes. This change in acidity makes it harder for shellfish and crustaceans to develop their shells and has effects on finfish species as well. 
Coral species particularly have a hard time with the increased acidity, and many of our large reefs are starting to die out, something known as coral bleaching. Throwing off entire food webs. Which ultimately affects the fish that we eat. So that's depressing. So what are our options? There must be something that we can do. Sure, there's plenty we can do. But there's no single action we can take to make this better. But there are things we can do to start chipping away at this mountain of a problem. We can find other ways to help produce our food that result in less greenhouse gases, more available seafood throughout the year, and better assurances about the safety of the fish we're eating. The obvious direction for this is aquaculture. Raising finfish, shellfish, and crustaceans on farms has been around for thousands of years and is still controversial today, which is a conversation for another episode, which we will have. But when it comes to climate change, there's a strong need for it. Fish farms have shown to produce much less greenhouse gases in comparison to terrestrial farms like beef or chicken farms. I'd like to think that seafood has got a lot of a lot to offer to manage climate change, to help reduce impact. It's a very low carbon protein compared to what else you could buy, certainly anything from sort of land animal protein. And they use significantly less feed. That feed is also getting more and more sophisticated, replacing animal proteins with soy-based proteins and sourcing fish meal and oil from responsible sources. Ultimately, there, it's a big question. Is aquaculture the answer? Maybe not. It does have its own issues and concerns, but it's something that we can start with. You have to think more carefully about um, damage from wave action, escapes, and disease control. We need to try and relieve our oceans and give them time to heal themselves while still feeding ourselves with healthy, safe seafood. What you can do today as a consumer of seafood who wants to continue to be a consumer of seafood is to ask questions and learn about your food. Don't be afraid to ask, where did this fish come from? Is this caught or raised in a sustainable way? There are species that may be a better choice than others. So do a little research and don't believe the fear mongers. Learn for yourself. I promise we're not trying to be preachy. There are sides to every argument and we'll see that as we continue this podcast. Regardless of what you believe about climate change, the science doesn't lie. I truly believe in my heart that scientists are not movie villains trying to scare you into giving them money or power, but that they're truly interested in what's going on with our planet. And I believe them when they say that we need to start taking action. I mean, they live here too, right? So keep learning, use reputable sources, don't jump to conclusions, and just make good choices. We're going to be releasing a number of shorter episodes that we're calling our Sustainable Living series. These episodes will give you some quick tips on how to live a more sustainable life, make good food choices, and enjoy delicious seafood that you can feel good about eating. So thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Aquademia Podcast. To learn more, check out the show notes for links to some articles about climate change and its impact on seafood. Remember to subscribe to Aquademia on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen. And it would be awesome if you took a quick minute to rate and review Aquademia on iTunes. This is what really spreads the word and gets the podcast in front of more listeners. If you're interested in hearing the full interviews with our experts, they're available to all GAA members. Go to www.aquaculturealliance.org membership to become a member and hear all of the full expert interviews. And as a member... You'll also gain access to our educational courses and videos, newsletters, webinars, and a whole lot more. Once again, I'm Sean O'Loughlin. And I'm Justin Grant. Thanks for listening.